Welcome to ConExpo ConAg Radio, highlighting the latest construction technology and trends to drive your business forward. Coming up in March of 2020, ConExpo ConAg is North America's largest construction trade show. We bring you expert advice from your favorite brands, startups, and industry peers. And for even more news, sign up for our weekly 365 e-newsletter at conexpoconag.com slash subscribe. We've got another great guest on the show today, so let's dig in. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Con Expo Con Ag Radio. I'm your host, Missy Sherber, and I'm thrilled to introduce a new segment on the podcast called Contractor Conversations. Every month, I'll be talking to your favorite contractors around the country about their projects, workforce development, technology, and of course, equipment. I hope these conversations give you the expertise and support that you need to thrive in the daily work that you do. For those of you that don't know me, I'm a contractor based in Minnesota, and I own a demolition and excavating company alongside my husband, Trevor. I'm passionate about our industry, and I want to recognize all the hard work that you do every day to build our world. I truly believe that ConExpo ConAg is the event where the construction community can come together and belong, and I sure hope you'll join me and my guests at the show in Las Vegas in March of 2020. Now, please stay connected with me on Instagram, where you can join the conversation and stay up to date on all the exciting things that are happening at the show that you won't want to miss. Now, let's get started with today's episode. My guest today is Keaton Turner, president and founder of Turner Mining Group out of Indiana. Keaton has worked in every single aspect of construction, from estimating to operations management to strategic direction. He holds a Bachelor's of Science in Construction Management and Business Administration from Indiana State University, and he's been known to tell it like it is in an inspiring way on Instagram. While other companies are struggling with hiring, Turner is getting hundreds of applications. So what's his secret? Let's find out. Well, welcome, Keaton. It's so great to talk to you. I've wanted to chat with you for a long time. We've been friends on Instagram, what, for like a year now? Is that correct? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> so thank you so much for joining um, Contractor Conversation today. We're really excited about the show. And I just wanted to jump right in and have you kind of start by tell us a little bit about how you got into construction. Well, thanks for having me, Missy. Of um, you know, I, I knew growing up I always wanted to do something with my hands, you know, build stuff. I was always taking things apart, whether it was the remote or my bicycle or whatever. So, you know, I was always kind of a tinkerer throughout high school. I didn't really know I wanted to be in construction, but I knew I, I didn't want to sit at a desk all day. And so <laughs> I ended up going to college for construction management um, and did a few tours and, you know, fell in love with construction and you know it was off to the races from there I was hooked that's awesome and what were some you know there that's been a big conversation on Instagram is is the course is now offered for construction management what did you find valuable about those courses in college uh really pretty much nothing <laughs> um, you know thanks for the honesty <laughs> I, yeah I'm always going to be honest yeah um, I love it I love the university. I'm an Indiana State University alum, and uh, they got an awesome construction management program. And so it has nothing to do with the program or the professors or even the kids I was in class with, because some of them have gone on to be, you know, rock stars in their own right. Yeah. People go to college looking to gain all this knowledge that they can apply to their job right when they graduate. And it's just not 
it's not realistic. It's not true. It doesn't happen that way. Right. You know, if I could give anyone that's going to college advice, or if I could go back and give myself advice, it would be really invest in the relationships because that's what, that's what really sticks with you after college. People that you can call and bounce ideas off of people that go into other industries just to catch back up. So, you know, for me, I would never go to college with the expectation that I'm going to learn some skill or craft or trade that's going to really help propel me in my career. Okay. Now, I, I'm, I'm all for the college experience. I think it's the best four years of your life if you do it right <laughs> instead of trouble. But for me, I, you know, is what what I did after college really made the difference. Well, and I'd say, too, to back what you're saying, I mean, so much of construction is learned hands-on on the job site. Like, there's just... There's no way you can really put that in a book, can you? You can kind of learn X's and O's and drawings and plans. And, and I mean, you definitely pick up some valuable tools in college, but it's really hard to go put them to work, especially if you're the guy that walks on to a construction site, you know, as the college grad who is going to show all these other guys how to do things. <laughs> um, I, I learned that pretty early on in my career also. Yeah. Um, okay, so Keaton, walk us through how you started your company. And I know so many have wondered, we know, you know, Turner Mining Group is a new business, but walk us through how you got started. What was like that big moment that happened that you were like, okay, I'm doing this and why? Well, it's a great question. And I don't, I probably don't talk about it enough. You know, I was, I was working for uh, our family's construction excavation company. My uncle owned the company. And I was really living the dream. Got to travel. Uh, you know, I'd kind of helped build and grow the company pretty early in my career, you know, right out of college. But, you know, as I got closer and closer to 30 years old, something in my mind kept telling me, you know, you're going you're gonna to die someday. And you're going to have a ton of regret sitting there before you die. You kind of went out and did your own thing and made a big impact. And so, you know, social media played a big part of it. Because I, you know, as I was helping grow the family business, I realized there's a ton of, you know, young, passionate kids out there that don't get a shot. Yeah. And so, you know, I knew I could build a workforce around that. There's obviously its own set of challenges. But, you know, really, the thing I'm most scared of is regret. And I just, I couldn't, I couldn't let any more days go by knowing that there was uh, a big opportunity out there without even trying I love that you brought up that as you were considering starting your business, that social media really inspired you on the workforce that's available out there, but that your motivation was regret, that you didn't want to, you know, regret getting to the end of your life and not making an impact. So tell me how mining and Turner Mining Group came into play as you were processing those two thoughts. Well, I I think the mining industry is kind of a big, old scary industry. You know, everyone always thinks about mining as, you know, underground and coal and dirty and, you know, all these fatalities. And, you know, to some extent in certain parts of the industry, that can be true. But, um, you know, for me, the part of the mining industry that I was attracted to obviously is above ground. And, you know, it, there, there was just a huge blank slate out there for a real professional service provider in that industry. Awesome. Um, there's not any real, you know, solid 
players that only do mining. Yep. You've got a lot of mom and pop contractors everywhere that they kind of dabble in it here and there. Uh, and almost none of them use social media to recruit. So I thought, man, I got a little bit of an advantage right off the bat. Absolutely. And what was kind of your big moment where you're like, okay, we've started this business. Let's go. <laughs> I had just turned 28 years old. I had a two-year-old boy and a, and a brand new newborn baby girl. And, you know, I just, I, as I got closer to my birthday, I thought, man, I, it, it's time to do this because my kids are going to get older. Once they start school and get into high school, I'm never going to want to take this leap of faith. There's too much on the line at that point. And so I thought, man, I'd, I would rather go broke and, and take a big shot and try something like this than to, you know, look back when I'm 45, 50 years old and never have taken any, you know, never have taken any risks and right. lost the opportunity. So you did it. You took the big leap of faith into the mining industry, which you're right. It, it is kind of a dinosaur industry. It's To be honest, I had never even thought of mining until you came out on Instagram with it. So we're glad you took the leap of faith. What was your first job? Because I know for Trevor and I, we always look back at our first job and think, oh, my gosh, can you believe we did that? <laughs> what oh, was man. the first job yeah. that you took on and where was yeah. it? Yeah, the first job we had was for a um, a cement producer down in just outside of San Antonio, Texas. As a small job, maybe maybe $350,000 job, which in the mining world is a pretty small job. And uh, so we were, we were mining material for them and we had to tarp it all and we I bought twenty thousand dollars worth of tarps. I still got a ten thousand dollar tarp somewhere in Texas. I don't know where. <laughs> Someone finds it, let me know. Um, but I, you know, I ended up losing. I, I think we lost thirty grand on that job. Yeah. You know, the very first job, and so it's kind of it was kind of an eye opener. Like, whoa, this is not as easy as I thought it was. Right. Right. It's always funny the first job you have that big loss, but then you're like, okay, I can I can do this. I can figure this out. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. You know, people say you never, you never lose, you learn. And I obviously, you know, uh, I learned a lot from that one being the first awesome. and, uh, you know, people and managing. And you know, I thought I knew a lot before I started this business. And I realized now I didn't know very much at all. Yeah. And I'm so glad you're talking about the loss part of it, because that's where the grit kind of has to kick in, right? It's like, losses, you have to keep moving forward. And, and that's what separates, you know, true entrepreneurs able to build business in this industry. And I love that you're open about that, that, hey, losses happen. <laughs> yeah. And I think so many people aren't, you know, I thought I worked hard for, you know, when I was working for my family's company, I always treated it like it was my company and my money. And, you know, I, when I, when I did eventually go out on my own, you know, you're working to put food on your family's table. Um, and if, and it's a little different than just being a salary guy, whether the job goes well or not, you know, you're going to get paid. Uh, it's a whole different world. It's definitely eye-opening. And I yeah. try not to, no matter how big we get, I try to always remember that first job or the first couple jobs where, you know, it was sink or swim, yeah. uh, do or die every single day. That's awesome. I love that you're carrying that into what you're doing. So that's a great background on the family business, how you got involved, you know, that you went to school for this, but really learned so much on the job site. So let's transition into industry outlooks. Um, you have operations all across the United States. What is your outlook um, for the rest of the year? What, what's the year looking like for you as this economy does so well? 
Yeah, I mean, you know, everything that, that we see and everything that we keep hearing from our clients is, you know, faster, driving forward more and more and more. You know, really the, the theme of our company uh, over the last, I guess it's been 18, 24 months now, is make hay while the sun's shining. Because the mining industry is a little bit cyclical, depending on the type of material, Right. you've got to do all you can do when things are really well. Now, we, we see things staying uh, pretty aggressive growth, you know, for a while. I okay, would say good. for the next 24 months at least. Okay. So we think the outlook's great. Uh, we see a ton of people investing in new equipment, which which kind of tends to hand to, you know, a little further projections. Things will stay pretty well. Um, so we're excited about, you know, the next 24 months or so. That's awesome. So you definitely see in the next 24 months workload increasing, um, not decreasing. Yeah, absolutely. Good. You know, there there is no shortage of opportunity out there for us or really anyone. And is there a specific, just as just curiosity on, on Trevor and I's part, are there pockets in the country where it's busier right now, or is it just kind of all over for you? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, really the main uh, metropolitan hubs are always going to be busier on the material side. Yeah. When I'm talking materials, building materials, sand and gravel and cement. So you get places like obviously Los Angeles, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, Atlanta, um, the DC metro area. Those are all huge areas for us. Awesome. Uh, we've got all kinds of people, you know, in and around those areas servicing um, some material producers. Uh, and then, you know, you kind of get into those flyover states where you may have one or two or three big facilities per state that, you know, tries to keep up with a lot of the state. Yes. Uh, but definitely the, the hot spots are where, you know, all the concentration of people are. The big are. hubs. Okay, so recently you talked on Instagram about um, being aggressive when you're in a bid war. Like, let's be honest, we're in it to win it <laughs> when yeah. we're estimating. Was there a specific big project that you were working on? There probably was. Um, I get in a mode, especially when it comes to bidding and proposals. That's that's what I love so much about this. It's, it's really you just boil it down. It's competition. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'm a pretty competitive guy. It's, it's about wins and losses. And so, you know, I, I, I think I said something along the lines of we want to put people out of business, which is kind of an aggressive thing to say. <laughs> um, obviously, we love everyone. Yeah, and absolutely. I'm, a, I'm kind of a people guy and we respect everyone in the industry. But when when it's time to submit your bid, that's where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. And so there are some relationships with our clients that we know we want to keep. And there's some new relationships that we know we want to go steal. And so, uh, you know, that's when it becomes, that when, that's when it becomes more of a hunt uh, and chase and track down and, and kill it and win it. Absolutely. Um, some of them you don't want some of the clients, you know, you're not as aggressive towards yeah. or some of the projects maybe, but uh, that that particular post was probably one of those aggressive days for me. I was so glad that you talked about the estimating side. I think it's a side that's easily overlooked, you know, when you're on the field and you're operating. But, you know, from our office, offices, at least, we're so motivated in the estimating process because it's like, this is what is going to keep our guys going. <laughs> we got to win this one. <laughs> you know, estimating is such a mental thing. It is. Um, 
I, I live in, I live and die in estimating, you know, uh, I would say more than half my time is spent in estimating and, and creating proposals for new projects. And, you know, you play this mental game where, you know, at the end of the day, you're really bidding against yourself. You, you know, you hold Definitely. all the numbers, how tight of a margin do you want to take on this job? Um, how bad do you want the relationship? How bad do you need to keep people and machines moving? Uh, and so you get, you get right down to the end and, you know, you think, you think you want to know what other people's numbers are, but really it, you know, you're just bidding against yourself. It's That's absolutely um, true. That's a great, great thing for, you know, estimators out there to remember. So you, you kind of mentioned that one of the things, one of the trends in mining is faster. So let's talk about equipment and technology um, in the mining industry. If faster is important, we have to ask the question, what piece of equipment or technology has been crucial for your business? Well, I'll say we don't use a ton of GPS. Uh, there are projects that, that do require it, but it's not um, it's not something that's mandatory on on a majority of our sites. So for us, really, it all comes down to the dealer support. Yeah. And when we talk about technology. You know, we rely so heavily on the dealer. I want yep. them to have the technology. Yes. You know, we're, we do use time tracking. We use Busy Busy, as do you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and we use some other, you know, cool tools uh, in the back office and field office reporting. Um, but as far as equipment goes, I mean, I, I, I've told a lot of people this and it breaks some hearts. I don't care what color the machine is. Uh, I don't care if it came from China or if it was built in the U.S. I just... You know, to me, it's just another tool, yes. like a screwdriver, a hammer. Uh, what I really care about is is the guys that are going to take care of it, you know, when it goes down. Absolutely. Because in the mining world, we're hard on everything, and it all breaks. Uh, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And so, you know, we just, we need to know that our dealers are there to service and support us no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's so important. The dealer supports everything. So, in mining, and again, this is another curiosity point, and I'm sure a lot of the Graham fam and social media community out there wants to know, what specific pieces of equipment do you guys use the most of? And I, and I remember your Pitt and Quarry interview, um, you guys prefer the excavators, but give us a quick little um, moment of metal, if you would. Yeah, so <laughs> a typical a typical site for us, you know, more than not are, are the haul trucks. Um, so you'll have you know, five to 10 haul trucks, articulated haul trucks. Um, we prefer to load them with an excavator. Uh, now there are times where a loader, you know, uh, has its place and is a little more efficient. Uh, but typically you'll see us run excavators um, anywhere from, you know, a, 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 a 336 size cat up to a, a 390 size. Awesome. Um, Favorite machine. <laughs> And then, and then obviously, you know, our, your dozers, um, you know, we'll run dozers large to small, uh, we'll run graders to keep the road smooth and water trucks to keep the dust down. But that's a pretty typical fleet for us. And what, what's behind you preferring that is, is the wheel loader kind of the way it's always been done in mining and you prefer the excavator for different reasons? I wouldn't say it's the way it's always been done. And, and, and there's so many different types of mining. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get into big, high production mining. You've got face shovels and rope shovels and drag lines. And so I, I don't want to say the excavator is the be-all, end-all. For us, it is. Yeah. Um, 
a few things that I can quickly point out with an excavator. You know, the, the machine itself uh, in an excavator, you're not tracking or walking back and forth very often. Right. You're typically swinging, digging into a pile. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas a loader, you're all the time moving forward and backwards. Um, if you look in the, in the mining industry, it, there's a ton of fatalities, people driving pickup trucks behind a loader um, and either the loader may not see them or they forget that he's there. He parks the pickup truck. Uh, there's, there's just a whole new sense of danger when you have equipment that's moving constantly. Wow. Um, the, the learning curve in an excavator is much shorter for yeah. a new guy than in a loader. Uh, part of it's because of the articulation of a loader and how they move around. Um, the other part of it is you can just, when you're sitting in an excavator, typically you're sitting up on a bench or a pile and you can watch where you're loading the material into the bed of a truck or into the hopper of a crusher. Right. Uh, whereas a loader, you know, you're, you're on the floor typically loading up into a truck blind and it's, it's, it's a little more tricky to get the hang of at least quickly. So, um, the article outlines a ton of other reasons why we that's awesome. prefer uh, excavators, but I that, think it's that, great. That's my take on it. I think that you've kind of focused on efficiency. It's faster for workforce development. It works, um, and that it's safer. I, I think that's fantastic. That you're, you know, being nimble and saying, "Hey, why don't we try this? It works better." And so we'll have to send everyone um, a link to that article because I thought it was just so Absolutely. fantastic. Trevor, you know, is a huge ex. I mean, the excavator is his you know, other child. And so he was obviously a huge fan of that article. So great job and congratulations on on that cover of Pit and Quarry. Um, So on the subject of equipment and technology, what do you think is going to be the biggest game changer in the next five years when it comes to equipment and tech? Not specific to the mining industry, but really construction in general. I think you're going to see a lot more augmented reality. Hmm. You know, it'll be interesting to see if Trimble and Google team up for some some wild glasses that you can wear and see great in real time. Yes, wouldn't that um, be awesome? I've I've seen I've seen some sneak peeks of some stuff like that, and it's pretty wild. And you know, I think you'll see a lot of it uh, coming up on the windshield of the machines. You know, you see heads up display on cars these days yes. where they cast a, an image on your windshield. I think you're going to see a lot more of that. Um, you're going to see things just become more, you know, easier and, and more second nature for younger people. You know, the average age of the miner uh, is 52 years old throughout the industry in the U.S. Oh, wow. And so, you know, that that tells us that a ton of baby boomers are retiring over the next five to, you know, seven years. Yeah. And so what that means is there are going to be more younger people in machines. They're going to make them easier for younger people to use and operate, uh, especially safely. So yeah. I think I think you're going to see a lot more augmented reality that helps make things safer and a little more efficient. That's great and, and attractive to the next gen, which is so important, you know, when it comes to recruitment. And that's part of ConExpo, ConAg. One of the booths I'm most excited to see is the tech experience um, where they have the engaging kind of immersive experience for attendees that – you know, educates and brings it to life. Like, let me see what it looks like before I get it out on the job site, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I remember my first Con Expo, maybe TopCon, someone un- unveiled the, their new GPS system. And back then, GPS was just coming out, you know, that was 10, 10 or so years ago, and it was a big deal. And uh, machine control was still a, 
thought and kind of a, uh, an ideal an ideology and so it's it's interesting to see where things have gone and where they're going to continue to go. Absolutely. So tell me quick, what benefits do you feel like technology has provided from a customer service perspective? And I mean, and that's something for us in our business we're really looking at is how do we connect the clients with the technology that we have access to and, and, and make what we're actually doing every day more you know, applicable to them. And, and so tell me what benefits do you think technology provides from the customer service perspective? Well, for me, without doubt, at least from my perspective, things like Vision Link, JD Link, Cat Access, those types of programs have, have changed the game for us. We, You know, our heavy fleet manager, he's looking at over 200 machines operate every day across wow. the country, from California to Maryland and Michigan to basically Mexico. And he, he gets a text alert anytime one of those machines has an overspeed or low tire. I mean, he can set the alerts to whatever he wants. It's it's crazy to think that we can diagnose and troubleshoot and repair an issue in real time, sometimes even before it happens. Absolutely. And um, from an office. <laughs> yeah. It's a game changer for That's us. That's awesome. So let's talk a little bit about workforce. Obviously, one of the subjects we're most excited to talk to you about, because you've just done such an outstanding job on um, social media and just as a business, not just in social media. While many contractors are struggling with hiring, Turner Minor Group is getting hundreds of applications. What's been the secret? You know, I, to be honest with you, I think it's being sexy. Um, <laughs> I think we, uh, it, it's so crazy for someone to say that word sexy and associated with the mining industry. Uh, and I think that's probably why it works. Yeah. You know, if we were, we were just like any other contractor or, or even a uh, mining company, um, you know, you'd see some stale marketing. You'd see guys in brand new vests and um, hard hats that have never been in the dirt. You know, you wouldn't see any of our actions. Right. Um, I'm, I'm kind of a no secrets guy and I want to, you know, I want to pull the curtain back and people look right inside the back office. Yeah. Uh, we're working on some cool stuff to show, you know, we've showed a lot of the, 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 the fun, sexy side of the business, and there's been a lot of hype around that. But I want to show some of the, the, the negative sides, yep. uh, people quitting and walking off the job, people getting mad. You know, I really want people to understand that it's, it's real. Yep. Um, and so I think that approach has just um, kind of been a breath of fresh air. Obviously, you know, there's, there's some other folks that are catching on that, you know, peep, young kids are not spending their time looking at newspapers. They're right. not they're not looking at help wanted ads online even anymore. You know, they're spending their time in Facebook, Instagram, and even a little bit more these days, LinkedIn. And so that's where, you know, that's where we're spending our time. That's so great. And I love that you're making it attractive because really marketing agencies have cut on to this in all other industries, um, but that you're bringing it into construction. Like, hey, let's make this attractive and cool. Um, because it is cool, is just fantastic. What about, you know, the aspect of training? You know, because you are, you your workforce development, you know, strategies are working so well with the next gen. What about training? You know, because a lot of these applicants, I imagine, aren't as experienced yet in the industry. Yeah, you know, we've got a, we've got a, a pretty good blend. I think our average age of our employee is 27, 28 years old. Oh, awesome. So quite a bit younger, obviously, than, than the rest of the industry. Uh, and we take people from all kinds of different backgrounds. I mean, we've got folks that, 
you know, are 35 years old, uh, you know, 10 or 15 years in the industry, rock stars that kill it every day. And then we've got folks that are brand new and have, have never been around heavy equipment before. And so, you know, for us, um, training has, has got to be a, a top focus and a top priority. Um, you're putting people in big, expensive equipment that, um, you know, it takes, it takes a, a certain understanding. And so, you know, we, every single crew that we have, we've got a training lead person that, you know, before any new person comes on site, they obviously have to have some MSHA training, which is required, uh, by MSHA. Uh, but then we also go above and beyond and we'll put them through our own internal training. You know, we, uh, site specific training, there's a, a task orientation and task training, and before that person's ever allowed to operate equipment, whether they have experience or not, uh, before they're ever allowed to operate equipment on our site, the training lead has to sign off that this person has demonstrated they have the capabilities and understanding to That's great. Uh, operate it safely. That's great to have a set of eyes there on the job site. And what would you say um, you do to build a positive workplace culture morale? Because I know that's important when it comes to you know, retaining, you know, good employees or good staff members as well. So what would you say you've done to build a positive workplace and culture? Really, I think it starts at the top or, you know, from the office out to the field. Um, You know, I think if the office is only concerned about making money and quarterly financials, um, you know, eventually that's going to trickle down into the field operations. And, uh, you know, it's amazing how fast negativity can spread Isn't it? and how fast positivity can spread. Yep. And so, uh, we, you know, we really focus on celebrating our people every month. Um, you know, all of the employees in Turner Mining Group vote on an employee of the month. Uh, so, you know, we hand out these big uh, golf course checks, uh, awesome. you know, for $500. Yes. The employee gets their picture on social media. It's, it's kind of fun. It's awesome. Um, it's awesome to the employee. Obviously, you know, they get real money. Um, and then, you know, just social media in general. There's so many fun things that we can do to shout our people out. Um, you know, when we get uh, sites that have zero inch citations or zero incidents or safety accidents, you know, we'll, we'll host a big dinner or get pizzas on the job site. We just, we really try to go, go above and beyond, um, to make it fun and exciting and interesting because it's already an interesting and fun and exciting industry. Anyway, right. you just got to let management know to keep it fun and not ruin the fun for everybody. Right. I love that positive and fun is kind of at your core culture there. And I just think that's fantastic to bring. Okay. So one fun, qu- funny question that I had to add in, what was your recruitment strategy for Travis Brown, the infamous mining strong 6.0? How did you get that guy? <laughs> well, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. I've known Travis for a long time. So at actually, Travis and I, we had a history back at my previous company, and I, ha- I had to fire Travis. And oh, so I knew he was a talented guy, but there was, long story short, when I started uh, Turner Mining Group, he was one of the guys that I said, I have to, I've got to get back. Yeah. And so I called him and we went and had lunch and he's like, man, I don't know whether to punch you in the face or give you a hug. So (laughs) Travis, he's, he's awesome. We got a lot of history. He's, he's one of the best. He's been super pivotal in our, especially our early success, but still 
you know, every day. He's he's an absolute warrior. That's great. And who knew that he was such a talented model as well? I mean, yeah. he, he was a great yeah. pick for you. Yeah. You know, last a question. A lot of hair on that guy. <laughs> One last question when it comes to workforce. What messaging do you think it's important to tell our kids? You know, I'm talking elementary, middle school, early high school, because that's really where it in my opinion, it really starts for them. So from a workforce perspective, what messaging is important to send the kids? Well, for me, it's a no-brainer. For me, it's without doubt, before anything else, have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, life is so short. You're going to spend over a third of your life working. Uh, and that's, not, that's just not uh, days. That's a third of your time on earth is going to be spent working. <laughs> it's got to be something that's fun. Awesome. Um, no matter what you do, there's going to be stress. There's going to be problems and headaches, uh, especially if you're doing it at the highest level or at a high level. But that's something I always tell my kids is before anything else, if you're not enjoying it, it's time to make a change. Yeah, that's great. And I love that that's been a part of your message, you know, re- recruiting great young talent is, you know, if you're not having fun, what what's out there for you, you know, and the construction industry is so fantastic because it is fun. It's outside. It's on site. Um, so that's great. I love that that you're bringing that out. So let's talk about the family reunion coming up here in March of 2020. Con Expo, Con Ag. You've been attending now for the past decade. Yeah, awesome. that's right. And what's kept you coming back every three years? Aside from the obvious. Part of, it, <laughs> part of it is just the huge gathering of people that you don't always get to see. Because we work coast to coast, we've got a lot of different clients, a lot of different um vendors that we use, a lot of different equipment providers uh, and dealers that we depend on. And so you can usually count on somebody from every organization showing up and hopefully, you know, multiple people from every organization. So, you know, the festivities are always great. There's a ton of places to go have fun and, you know, get everyone together. I only try to spend two nights in Vegas. I've learned that that's about my limit. Yep. Uh, but there's no there's no show like it. I'll say that. Yeah, and I and I heard it's two hundred two and a half million square feet of metal tech sessions. That it's just awesome. I've never seen the whole thing. I think if you do, you're you've got a, a dedicated plan to go see the. It's, it's humongous. <laughs> I'm gonna try um, to scale every square inch if I can in five days. It's crazy. It's a really it's big awesome. show, but it's it's like nothing else. I mean, you'll see. 994 loaders, uh, you know, parked inside a building, wow. sitting on carpet. Uh, D11 sitting on carpet. Uh, you can just jump right in them. So it's it's pretty wild. It's it really is awesome. And now, over the last 10 years, what products, technology, or services have you found at ConExpo ConAg that have advanced your business? Have you actually kind of connected with something new or, or learned about a new product that you've then taken back to business? Yeah, absolutely. We um, a couple years ago to show, we had met a new ground engagement tool producer that we hadn't previously done business with. And so they make buckets for machines, they make teeth uh, for buckets, they make cutting edges, so on and so forth. And, you know, it turned out to be an awesome relationship and it all stemmed from the show. Uh, if we hadn't have crossed paths there somewhere, it you know we'd have never known about them. So that's great. Uh, there's all kinds of opportunities for um, you know new relationships that otherwise you, you may have missed. Right, right. And do you attend the education sessions? I have. You yeah. have. What's been your favorite one that you've attended? 
You know, I think it was probably early on. Uh, I was kind of a bright-eyed and bushy-tailed kid just out of college, and they started talking about machines that would cut grade on their own. Um, awesome. And it was wild. I mean, I thought there's no way this machine is going to, you know, cut grade to a tenth of a foot by itself. Um, and then, you know, sure enough, six, here we are. six or eight months later. We, <laughs> yeah. We, well, even back then, we got a couple of machines and I'm like, yeah, they actually do this you know, by themselves. And then nowadays they've got fully autonomous machines. You know, I think last year uh, or last couple of years, there were um, cat had a uh, remote operated um, booth where you could actually operate a D8 that was in Peoria, Illinois. Isn't that crazy? You know? So it's it's pretty wild to see some. I'm, I'm curious what's going to happen this year, but every year there's something that surprises me. That's so great. And it gives my, you know, operating aspirations a chance, um, these remote operated pieces of equipment. Yeah. So let's do yeah. a quick rapid fire round to end here. Of just some fun questions to ask you to get to know you a little better, Keaton. So what was your first, I'm talking very first job? Very first job. I started my own little lawn mowing company at 10 years old. Oh, that's and great. I bit off more than I can chew because I had too many lawns and couldn't get them all done. <laughs> so lawn, lawn, you started with lawns and in dirt. I love it. What was your very first car? Ford Bronco. Still have it. Oh, you do? Those things are awesome. Yep. If you weren't doing this, what would you be doing? Probably design build homes. Awesome. And what song gets you pumped up in the morning? This is a really important question in the construction industry because everyone has their song and, and they're very attached to it. What's, what song gets you pumped up in the morning? Uh, I am already a pumped up person, so I typically <laughs> try to come down a little bit. My I think my go-to song is Hook by Blues Traveler. Oh, I like it. Okay, I'll check that one out. And who is one person that you wish you could have dinner with? One person I wish I could have dinner with. Um, Dead or Alive? Dead or Alive. Probably Benjamin Franklin. Very good. What would you ask him? (laughs) Did he ever think the Second Amendment would get to this point in uh, in our country? I love it. Now, here's, here's a very, very big one. Your go-to gas station food, because, again, that's another reality for construction workers is we have to eat at the gas oh, station. Oh, man. I, um, I'm, I'm a smart water and beef jerky fiend. We got a whole closet full of it at the office. So definitely probably two or three smart waters and a big bag of beef jerky. Oh, I love it. And last but not least, infamous question, jeans or khakis on the job site? Uh, definitely jeans. Oh, darn it. maybe next time. Well, thank you so much, Keaton, for spending time with us today. That's all the time we have. And and we really appreciate you taking the time to share your success, your inspiration. And I really look forward to seeing you out at ConExpo ConAg in March of 2020. Thanks so much, Missy. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Thanks, Keaton. And that's going to wrap up this edition of ConExpo ConAg Radio. If you like the show and think other people should listen too, make sure to subscribe and maybe leave a review on iTunes. We'll be back next time with another great guest. Until that time, be sure to visit conexpoconag.com slash subscribe to sign up for our weekly e-newsletter. More than 30,000 other construction industry pros are already receiving news and insights to move their business forward.